You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City on this Red Friday. I am your host, Kayla Kinnaram. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwartz. Guys, this is our last episode in 2022. Wow. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that. And I guess it'd feel different maybe if we did it the whole year, but the final what That's quarter true. of the year we've been together <laughs> as a podcast and I've decided to spend at least one more episode before the new year with you guys. Although I'm not going into my regular job with Nick. I've just been skipping that. I'm only showing up for this right now. <laughs> I feel so, so honored. Only cheesesteaks are available on this podcast for the time. Ooh. You're here first. Even getting 50% of you, Cody, feels like a blessing. (laughs) What a way to send us into the new year. It's my Christmas gift to you. It really is. (laughs) Nick, did you get a haircut? No, I'm just not wearing a hat. You know, I'm wearing a hat. Oh, I would say about 70% of the time. So this just happens to be one of the days. Maybe it's maybe it's a new year thing. I'm like new year, new me, 2023 hatless Nick. Also, I got a haircut. It's funny that you have to Nick did because I did like today got a haircut. Uh, maybe it's just because I haven't seen Nick in a few weeks. Yeah, Actually, we yeah, saw him on Wednesday, but but I was wearing a hat, so you know. Also, I often thought. <laughs> Sorry, Cody. That's okay. Hey, hey, um, it looks great, by the way, Cody. It thanks, looks thanks, wonderful. Man. Yes, um, Nick. I know we've talked about who you look like before, but just to reiterate. This time, not Justin Timberlake, but I saw a picture of Lincoln Riley at the Rams game. And I was like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the Lincoln Riley Nick one. He can't escape that. That is an actual doppelganger. Yeah. And what's weird is like normally when people tell you you look like somebody else, you're always like, "Nah, I don't see it. But when people tell me I look like Lincoln Riley, I don't like what what are you going to (laughs) say? I'm a dead match. Like, if you guys were sitting next to each other at a function, you'd be like, well, they're like brothers or cousins. They're definitely always, related. I've always wanted to meet him. Like, I've always wanted to just, like, go to some sort of function when he was at Oklahoma. I missed my opportunity because I wanted to see, like, if I just walked in front of him, if he would look at me and his eyes would light up and say, whoa. Do a double take. It's not me related. <laughs> <laughs> like looking in a mirror. Yeah. Have you done but any genealogy? Else- Where's his family history, Nick? Is he also um, of German descent? I haven't looked into it. Riley sounds a little Irish to me. Yeah, yeah, it does. Cody, I'll figure out who you look like in 2023. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple of choices. None of them have been good to this point, so I hope you find a good one. Okay, that'll be my homework. All right, let's talk Chiefs football, shall we? Guys, is it time to reevaluate Orlando Brown Jr.'s future in Kansas City? As we know, after a rough start to the season, he's quietly been one of the highest graded pass blockers at this position over the last month and a half. He is a free agent after the season. What do you think the Chiefs will do with him in the offseason? It it took a little bit longer than last year because really it's weeks 11 or 10 to now that he's been good. And last year is like week eight or nine. He started to get good. So we've got a couple week head start. Um, it's obviously going to impact the decision because the way that he played at the end of last year is why they offered him the contract. Maybe they always thought they were going to offer it to him. But then when he played really well down the stretch, played really well in the postseason, it made it easy for them to offer him a big pile of money. But if he somehow thinks that this good play has then catapulted him into a different monetary standpoint with the Chiefs, no way. You can't fall for the trap twice. If every single year is going to be inconsistent first half play, 
really good to dominant second half play. Unless you get a ring and then you just feel like you want to pay the ring tax to get Orlando Brown to stay and be here to be the left tackle under Patrick Mahomes for a long stretch, then you let him walk. It's easy to get the ring and you get to move on to the next thing. I obviously think it's going to tempt the Chiefs to at least re-offer essentially the same thing they did last year. Maybe there's an, you know a slightly more in guaranteed money or whatever, but the numbers will be vaguely similar to where they were before. I think it'll impact it a little bit. It's frustrating that he always has a bad half, but I don't care. He's going to play good going into the postseason, and I'm going to stop complaining about Orlando Brown. So I, I read an interesting theory on Arrowhead Pride earlier this week that when 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 it gets good, Orlando Brown Jr. plays better in the second half of the season because he plays better when it's cold, <laughs> which I didn't. I don't know enough about pass huh. to know how that exactly works, but I guess the general theory is that when it gets really, really cold out, speed is less of a factor. Teams tend to run the ball more. All of these things would lend themselves towards a guy who that has been the biggest knock on him is like he doesn't have this great footwork like Trent Williams or Laramie Tunsil have where they look like almost, you know, ballerinas out there with the way that they can sort of move around and manipulate their bodies to to always be in the right spot to, to I don't know if any of that's any true. What I do know is that Playoff games are typically played in January and it's usually yeah. pretty cold out there. His reality is that if he plays well in the postseason, the Chiefs will have a much more difficult decision to make. I don't think that means that if he plays four good games where Patrick Mahomes isn't being touched and we're not talking about the offensive line, that they're automatically going to give him $24 million annually or whatever he wants. But we talk about it with every other player that your legacy is made in the postseason. that we only care what you do in the postseason. Problem is, is that we have four months to talk about stuff. And in those four months, if you play poorly, we're going to look at you and say, I don't know if you're exactly getting the job done here, but we all know, right? If the offensive line plays stellar and the Chiefs win a Super Bowl and Mahomes goes untouched for four games or for three games, we're not going to be upset if the Chiefs give him a pile of money in the offseason, right? If they win the Super Bowl, you almost can't do any wrong, if that makes sense. Because then, the Orlando Brown trade worked. You traded for a left tackle to protect your quarterback, and you won a Super Bowl inside that time. First round picks be damned. The less need model, right? Who cares? You won the Super Bowl. Then, in my opinion, even the moves that we didn't love were in their own way. I know this sounds stupid, but they were right because they all led towards this thing that built up towards exactly what you needed out of the position. The one thing that I feel like could be interesting to follow in this is how they decide they want to spend their money, because that's going to come into play here as well, because they, they have money invested in Tooney. Now they could walk on him, right? They don't have to pay him forever, but they have good money invested in Tooney. They in two years will have to pay Creed Humphrey. They, you know, are they going to pay a right tackle? Are they just going to keep doing that here or there? You know, like, so they do have other positions in offensive line that are going to acquire some finances, or if they pay a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster a long-term contract. But I, to me, it's like, I, if I were the Chiefs, I'd be in the same position. Hey, man, you're pretty good. You're better than about mm, 20 of the left tackles available, and you're available, which is why you're going to get a lot of money. And if you want to leave Kansas City and you want to go make a little bit more money, Someone's probably going to give it to you, but it's going to be on our terms because this, here's the thing. Orlando Brown still doesn't get a say in any of this, Nick. The only, the only say he gets is the team who trades for him again 
if the Chiefs are to franchise tag and then trade him, will pay him a mountain of money. But it's he's still going to have to negotiate with him. He's still going to have to hope the city he likes going there, right? The Chiefs control his rights. They can franchise tag him again, and he can either play under it or they could trade him. They still control Orlando Brown Jr.'s fate. They have been thinking about this all season long, and I think that even when he plays poorly, whereas fans get their minds made up really quickly, like there's no way I ever want to pay this guy, I don't think Andy and, and Veach are that quick to come to conclusions. I think yeah. like they, they, on both ends of the spectrum, whether it's give this, like with same thing with Chris Jones, whereas fans are like, give him whatever he wants, give him another contract extension, pay him $30 million a year if that's what he wants. The Chiefs are always going to exist more in the middle where we all exist on the extremes. And I'm sure this is really nice that he's played well as of late. They're not going to let any one little thing make or break their decision. Nick, I know before you earlier, you mentioned uh, Laramie Tunsil's name. Do we think his contract demands are going to affect Orlando Brown Jr. in any way? Have any impact? Well, um, if Tunsil gets signed first, Nick, right? I mean, the simple math is that minus some. Like, whatever Tunsil makes, we're not paying you that, right? That's at least the baseline. Don't we know that? Well, yeah. I mean, from the Chiefs' perspective, sure. But that's not... We know how negotiations work. Like, Laramie Tunsil is already a top three paid left tackle in the NFL. The difference between he and Orlando Brown Jr. is that he actually is a top three left tackle yeah. in the NFL. He is going to make what he's worth. Therefore, there is some value in paying a guy that much money. There would be no value in paying Orlando Brown Jr. that money. But we know what the agents will say, right? The agents will say, well, Larry Tunsil's 28. Orlando Brown Jr.'s 26. You get two extra years of, of him not even being in his prime. When, by the time Orlando Brown Jr. is 26, this deal is going to be a steal. He'll be making the same amount as this guy and be two years. That's how they'll try to negotiate. I don't think the Chiefs will fall for it because going back to what we just talked about, what the Chiefs really have to answer, it's not as much about like, what do we want to factor into this decision? It's what are we going to get from him over the next four years? If we pay you $24 million annually, if we give you $60 million guaranteed, $50 million guaranteed, like, what's our return on investment going to be? Are we ever going to get a top five left tackle in football? Because up until this point, you have not get, you you have not seen a guy who's who looks like he can be a top five left tackle. All right, we are now going to pivot to another team. Uh, this is crazy news. We found out this week Derek Carr is being benched in Vegas, likely bringing his time with the Raiders to an end. How do we feel about this as Chiefs fans? Um, the Raiders are going to be going with Jared Stidham at quarterback for the last two weeks of the season, which, yes, will include a game against the Chiefs in week 18. This is crazy to me. This is fantastic news. <laughs> fantastic news. Not that Derek Carr was some, like, looming threat for the division who was going to come get him. But he's good enough to be competitive. And with a really smart head coach, it would have been an even bigger problem. But instead, they've allowed Josh McDaniels to do the exact same thing he did in Denver, which is, that's not my guy. Get his ass out. I'll make anyone good. And I can promise you right now that if any NFL team, doesn't matter, Chiefs through Derek Carr level, if you have one of the top 13 quarterbacks in the NFL 
and you are then forced to find a free agent quarterback, trade for a quarterback, or draft for a quarterback, there is an 85% chance you are getting worse at quarterback. That the, that, the numbers would bear that out, right? What are the odds? You're going to get a top 12 quarterback. No, if you trade for one or sign one, you're going to get Jimmy G, or you're going to get Geno Smith. If you draft a quarterback, what are the odds that guy's going to turn into a top 12 guy in the short term? There's a pretty good chance the Raiders are getting worse at quarterback. Well, the last report on Josh McDaniels is they would never cut him because they can't afford to get rid of him and he stinks. This means now there's two laughingstock teams in the division. Great news. It's just the Chiefs and the Chargers now. Okay, so you're right that Derek Carr's kind of is who he is. We know who he is, right? He's a borderline top 12 to 15 quarterback in the NFL. But against Kansas City, he's like a bottom five quarterback. In the- <laughs> yeah. Here's the only stat you need to know. Three and 14. That is Derek Carr's record against the Chiefs. So you're right, Cody. It can always get worse. Every coach convinces themselves that they're the smartest person in the room. And Josh McDaniels is certainly in that group of coaches. And they'll say, no, we can do better. Yeah, you could. Theoretically, you could get Tom Brady. Maybe you could get Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe that would be a minor improvement. Maybe. I know know where you fall in that conversation, Cody. But 3-14, and that's pretty good. I think I'll take that. If I'm the Chiefs, I think I know what we're getting with Derek Carr, and it's been a pretty fruitful operation here over the last decade. So I'm actually I'm sad. I'm not only sad that that this era of having this sort of punching bag, this guy that we constantly make fun of, and always they get themselves up for these games, and yet they have so rarely come away with victories. I'm sad that this era of this rivalry is coming to an end. So I will cry a solemn Silver and black tier tonight for Derek Carr. <laughs> the way he always looks after being hit by the, you know, any defensive oh, lineman ever. I'll put some mascara in too, and I'll let that <laughs> run down my cheeks. You got to wear that. You got to wear that Canadian tuxedo. Because that photo shoot still, man, when he's wearing that like all denim suit, yeah. he did bring a lot of content. I'll say from the radio perspective, this is kind of a bummer. Derek Carr was very good for content. It's the same reason as like, oh, Hackett's leaving. God, he gave us so much to talk about for the last six months. Now I'm so disappointed that the next guy might be smarter than him. That's one of those you think you can do worse. You absolutely cannot do worse than hiring Nathaniel Hackett. You absolutely have to do, but you can't do worse. You're stuck with it. And also the last two games for the Chiefs, despite the fact they are divisional games, have weird energy now. It's the interim head coach after the guy got fired and, you know, like, and Russell Wilson is still terrible. And now we're going to get Jared Stidham. For the final game of the regular season against the Chiefs. So, I mean, at least the pressure is not on them to try to win the one seed. They're going 2-0. So now you're just hoping Cincinnati can beat Buffalo this week. Please happen. I think this is going to have a trickle-down effect because Devontae Adams was not happy about it. He, like, seemingly wants out after this. Do you, I mean, look, he made the, this is his own, this is like, you made the, you're laying in the bed you made, right? There's, sorry, man. You left one of the historically great quarterbacks of all time to go play with your college boy. And that in a division that you were the third, that your quarterback was the third or fourth best option at the time. People would have thought fourth. Now we know that he's third because Russell Wilson's so bad, but I don't feel bad for Devontae Adams. Yeah, I can't believe you gave, you had the audacity to give me $130 million and (laughs) hire my best friend in the next year. How dare you? By the way, is he, he would still have a trademark, right? Even at that price tag. 
Hell yes, dude. People trade That's for Devontae Adams. The impact that, right? that having an elite receiver has. Can on- you come to the Chiefs? Oh my God. I don't, you know, I don't Maybe know. The, you want me to get over losing Juju in the offseason? I've got, <laughs> I've got a way for you. Just trade for Devontae Adams. Yeah, man. I've never seen that type of wide receiver in an Andy Reid offense. I don't know if he just doesn't like that kind or not. I'm, oh, I, wait, I have once. It was T.O. That was like big body, you know, go, you know, like Tyreek's hey, a different kind of receiver than Devontae Adams. I think that, that, that went pretty well, at least uh, that one year in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, they went to the Super Bowl. Imagine if you could get T.O. without the T.O. personality. Ooh. Yeah. That's Devontae Adams. That sounds nice. And like three <laughs> inches taller or something. Isn't Adams taller than T.O. was? I don't remember now. Maybe they're better. It doesn't matter. You know, point, point stands. Yeah, it's, it, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. Big bodied, tall, wide receiver who can do everything. That's Devontae Adams. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this week 18 game with the Raiders for sure.